0: Welcome to the Mission Matters podcast, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old plus mission that is St. Louis U. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. So welcome back. I am Virginia Herbers, the Director of Mission Formation, and I am here today on this Mission Matters Monday with Lindsay Gonterman, the Director of SOAR here at SLU. So, Lindsay, welcome. Thank you. So let's jump right in.
1: So I have been a full-time employee at SLU for, I think it's been 12 years now, and I actually came to SLU first as a grad student. So I have my master's in social work from here at St. Louis University. I came in never intending to work in higher education, but I was going to do international adoption and then kind of meandered my way through various internships. And while I was a grad student, I also worked as a GA at a graduate assistantship in the honors program okay. with honors students here at SLU. And when it came time to graduate with my master's, I started trying, kind of reflecting on, okay, well, what do I want to do? Uh, internship was very administrative. I had one that was working with middle school students who were largely first-gen middle school students um, and, the, and the college-age staff at a summer camp. And then I'd worked with the ACLU as an intern there as well. And so very different experiences. And then in reflecting on kind of all those pieces, tried to think about what did I most enjoy? What population did I most like working with? And I realized I really liked working with college students. I'd really liked working with those college-age staff at the summer camp. I had loved working with the honor students. And so kind of started pursuing that realm and came upon, there was a job within what was at the time, the major exploration advising office here at St. Louis university. Um, So it was an office for deciding students. And as someone who spent four years of my undergrad, trying to figure out what to do with my life, you know, I felt a connection with that, that unit and that group. So interviewed, got hired and I was there for a little over a year when I ended up getting hired into my now role, um, which was at the time, director of the TRIO Student Support Services office. Um, and I went for that because I, I still loved working with students, but through that summer camp internship, working with the largely first generation students, I loved working with first generation students and just, I'm a big believer in the power of education to transform lives. And so it was a leap of faith. I was like, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready for this position, but I can only put my name in and see. So I've, I've now been with TRIO SSS slash THOR for almost uh, 11 years, I think. Yes. And flesh out for us those programs are, exact. Same. So TRIO, Student Support Services, I always love to say TRIO is one of the few things in higher education that's not an acronym. Um, it doesn't stand for anything. It was a, a federal grant program. It's a series of federal grant programs run through the Department of Education that largely focuses on helping first-generation and low-income college students into and through college. And so SSS specifically, the Student Support Services Program, worked with SLU students, undergrad students, who were either first generation, which we had always defined as neither parent having graduated with a four-year degree. So parents okay. can have attended college and not finished, they can have an associate's. That student is still first generation in our eyes.
0: Okay.
1: Low income, or they were regist- they had a registered disability. So as, as long as they're in one of those three populations, we provide some additional resources and services to them while they were here at SLU. There are other TRIO programs that work with different ages, but that was our focus. And then in August of 2020, right as I was about to give birth, we found out that unfortunately our grant had not been funded. They're funded in five-year cycles. And so we weren't funded. Um, and the feedback we we kind of got seemed to indicate essentially they thought we were doing too well, that our numbers were too high, and we didn't need the grant. So it was hard. It was especially, you know, we were still in peak pandemic modes, and thankfully the university we proposed and they saw the benefit to the work we did and the student population we served. And we were, from my perspective, one of the only programs on campus that very intentionally worked with our population of students for the whole four years. So uh, they funded us. Um, so we became a university funded program in the spring of 2021. Um, and as such, we decided we needed to rebrand because we were no longer a TRIO program. So we needed to come up with a new name. And so we came up with SOAR, which stands for Students Opportunity for Achievement and Resources. Most of the students that were had been in our TRIO SSS program continued on with us in, into SOAR. It was funny. we When we were trying to think of what is our name going to be, we kind of workshopped some names and eventually we, we workshopped with some students. And the R in SOAR initially stood for retention because that's what we do. We do right. retention work. And the students said, we hate it. We love the imagery of SOAR, but we hate the word retention because they saw it as being, we need help, negative, you know? And so we're like, so if we change the R, that's your choice. You know, that's your pick. They're like, yes. So we changed it to resources and they said, great. And so again, the population we work with now is still first generation college students, same definition. We work with Pell Grant students um, so that there's a slight difference between low income and Pell. So by being able to serve Pell students, we are actually able to serve more students, and it's a lot easier to identify who that student is. And it's less isolating to identify as a Pell student than maybe a low-income student, sure. especially at an institution like SLU. Again, still working with students who are registered with the Center for Accessibility and Disability Resources. So one of the benefits then of becoming a SLU-funded program was it did provide us some flexibility too, in that you know previously, as a grant program, we couldn't serve anyone who didn't qualify for FAFSA. So if they were, say, um, an undocumented student, we couldn't work with them. Even if they really needed that help, they qualified in every other way because they didn't file a FAFSA. We couldn't work with them. Same with international students. I mean, we're still, our focus is still domestic students, but we now have a little more flexibility in terms of how we maybe work with some international students who could also use that for support. So,
0: so in some weird way that grant not being renewed has done some good stuff
1: yes it has allowed us a little more flexibility we don't have to be as rigid with some things and, and opened us up to be able to serve more students as well I mean if, if we were still a grant we wouldn't have been able to hire an extra staff person because our budget would have been locked and so now we're able to respond to the demand we're seeing from a changing incoming class of students to be able to serve more students and hire more staff so okay okay and maybe this doesn't connect at all but what's access It's funny, access is kind of a loaded question and word at times. So I'm part of a larger department, which is the Pre-College Access and Trio Programs Department. And so part of that is we kind of came up with that name as there were some areas that were merging. And so we kind of wanted a name that was more all-encompassing of what we did. And so part of that is we do have one, well, now two Trio programs that work with pre-college students. So we have a talent search program which works with middle school and high school students in the St. Louis City public schools. Okay. And their whole goal is to get them to graduate and into college, not necessarily SLU, but college. And then we also now have an Upward Bound, TRIO Upward Bound grant, which is probably the most famous of the TRIO programs. That's going to be working in three three high schools with, again, the goal of getting those students out of high school and into college. Okay. And so that's kind of we see as part of, well, one, the pre-college, our director who used to oversee a lot more pre-COVID, like summer camps and kind of summer STEM initiatives that would bring pre-college students to campus in in an effort to kind of create a pipeline, not just to college, but to SLU as well. If they've had earlier touches to SLU, they're going to think about SLU later on when it comes time to think about college. So it's kind of that pre-college side of things. I think the access piece was partially those trio programs, again, with the idea of getting access to college and access to higher education, as well as we have a another program in our department that is university funded. It's called the Billiken Success Program. And it's for students who are conditionally admitted to SLU. And so it's kind of an access piece.
0: And Stephen Lampkin is one of my next guests. <laughs>
1: oh, perfect. So he oversees that program. So I'm not going to dwell on it since he'll get to, to share a lot more about that. That's kind of that, a, a part of that access piece, too, because it's his program that helps get them access to SLU and opportunity as well. And that's where I think for me, I think of access as access to higher education and then a program like SOAR as being an educational opportunity program because they've accessed college now. Okay. And so they're interested in what are their educational opportunities. We also had a McNair program. Unfortunately, we lost that grant. I think they're trying to appeal to potentially get it back. But um, that was both, I would say, a combination of access and educational opportunity because they worked with students who were wanting to pursue PhDs. And oh, so they was nice. in their undergraduate to help get them ready to be good candidates for doctoral programs, to help them with the GRE, with doing research. And so they were helping them to access that graduate education level yes. while providing them
0: lots of opportunities as well. Holy cow. Pretty incredible stuff going on here on campus. Yeah campus in the, and in the
1: community. So.
0: Definitely. So what about all your years with these programs um, have been some of your favorite parts of it? I mean, for me, I think a lot of it just comes back to the students. It's
1: just getting to see and to celebrate with them and getting to see them, them graduate and the emotion of that. Cause they're the first one for a lot of them. Sometimes they may have a sibling who's graduated, but you know, I mean, there's still this sense of like, I finally did it you know i've done my four maybe five years depending on the student and and i did it and to see them and their families want to celebrate and especially if we've had students who had to overcome a lot you know they've had a lot of challenges at different points in their their journey some of it self doubt some of it just life and outside things that happen and just kind of getting to see them push through and to get to that point you know i had a student pop in today who had been abroad last semester and done a summer internship and is a senior. And he's like, I have a job already. And he's just, I mean, he's so excited about it and kind of, he's like, I still have to get through, but I have a job now. And it's a, it's, I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity. So to kind of get to have those moments of celebration with them and, yeah. and kind of help them when they're also in that point of need and know that we've created a space for them that they feel comfortable coming to and asking those questions that maybe they don't want to ask somewhere else or feel like they can't ask somewhere else or don't even know where to go. And right. we've created that space where they can come without judgment.
0: It's funny, you're making me think I was speaking with a group yesterday actually about vocation and not vocation in the religious sense, but the vocation as to the unique gifts and qualities that each one of us has and how those are called forth. You know, God gives each one of us a unique set of characteristics, personality traits, backgrounds, experiences, gifts, uh, liabilities, And the vocation perspective is what is being called forth from us to put all of that to the benefit of the most universal good. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hear echoes of that and what you're describing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us who not just work in this department, but in this kind of work, we've talked about seeing it as a vocation, as a calling of something that you just, it's where you feel like you belong and where you can do the most good and not as like a, I don't want to sound like it's a savior complex kind of thing, because it's not that, you know, we talk that we feel like we learn as much, if not more from the students than they learn from us. Absolutely. (laughs) journey that we're on together and that we're not here to tell them what to do. Um, We're here to help tell them about resources when they need them, but we're not here to make, make their decisions for them. We're just in the passenger seat and they're in the driver's seat. Getting there together. Yeah, absolutely. So and we will talk to students about that kind of idea too sometimes especially when they're feeling they're questioning maybe the path they're on like academically and career-wise and sometimes it's a, it's always interesting with our students too because I feel like sometimes they come in with the idea of a profession or a major either because they just haven't had exposure to the crazy array of things they could do or they've kind of heard well this is where you're going to make the most money which is valid you know but if that's not where your heart and your skill set lies is that really going to work? You know, so let's kind of talk through. And if you want to be an English major, you can still make a living. <laughs> you know, it's possible. I promise. It's so getting to have those conversations
0: with students. Yeah. It was always pretty great. Excellent. All right. So this podcast is called mission matters. So the question of SLU's mission statement and The SOAR program and the intersection there. So just for review's sake, SLU's mission statement includes the notion that we have the pursuit of truth for the greater glory of God and the service of humanity. So how does SOAR incarnate that? I think part of it goes
1: back to that idea of being an educational opportunity program, that we are here to provide opportunities, resources, and support for our students to help them achieve their goals which is ideally graduation and yeah. getting bachelor's potentially. And, and knowing that for a lot of our students, that degree is not going to just change and impact their life, but their families and communities. There's that sense of like, I'm going to be the one to maybe break a cycle or to move on and up in life and kind of help the greater society. You know, we have a lot of students who come and want to go into medicine, and because they want to help people, they want to help communities. It's not uncommon for me to hear that they want to help the communities that they were part of that no one was there to help, and so they want to kind of go back and just give back. We never tell students you need to go and give back to you know where you came from. They just kind of have that that desire and sense of that they want to do that. And we're here to help foster that and help connect them with resources and opportunities and thinking about internships or how they can, you know, still work because a lot of them have to work to help pay for school. But how do you then kind of think about that work in a different way that it could still be a selling point in terms of a resume? But yeah, I think it's that idea of helping them to achieve these goals they have for themselves to think about, reflect on those goals, what they may be. From the very beginning, we want our students thinking about life after college, because we don't want them to kind of, you know, get to senior year and suddenly be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? I was just trying to get by for four years and now I have to think about the next phase. We want them to think about that from the very beginning, but in whatever way they need to or want to think about that. We're just here to kind of help guide and, and prompt some of the reflections and discussions.
0: You know what I love about that? One of Ignatius's foundational points was the idea of incarnation and the idea that in the Christian frame of reference, God became human. God didn't need to do that. It wasn't a need from the divine point of view. It was a choice to become one of us so that we would be able to understand relationship. But the reason that was important to Ignatius was because of the belief that that's what we're called to do for one another. We're called to be for one another, a relationship that allows for the best to be drawn out. And in so doing it transforms society. Mm -hmm. Right. So that if, if I am in relationship with people who draw the best out of me, Mm -hmm. then that makes me a better person with every interaction I have in society and draws the best out of every interaction in society, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it really is a transformational project. And I do believe that Jesuit education is a transformational project. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're describing just in a scale that comes together in your program. Oh, yeah. I'm teaching a CP1,
1: CP 1500 class this semester. And we were talking about some of those pieces and thinking about who do you want to be as a person? And, I, and I, I was really kind of encouraging the students to think about that because I was like, you are getting peppered with what do you want to be? And that is a lot of, I mean, colleges, you're going to figure out a major and which may direct to a career, may not, but beyond that, who as a person do you want to be? And here's a chance for you to kind of grow in that and reflect on that. And which is why I've always loved the creating men and women for, but I like with others. Cause I think that's so important that it's, and I think a lot of our students feel that that we that we work with the idea of like you have to be in community and in service and doing things with people and not just for them because exactly. that's again it feels like that savior complex where you're like I'm doing this for you it's like no well let them grow and learn and and so we're gonna be men and women with others.
0: Okay, so what else um, does the community need to know about SOAR?
1: Some of it could be, what do we actually do with our students? Again, students largely join us as first year students, but we, de- I mean, I just had a junior in my office today who was like, can I still join? I was like, yeah, we can still work with a junior. You know, we are with our students from when they join the program until they leave SLU, really. So we are a secondary advising office. So they still have that person in the college who is the expert in the curriculum. We love them. We work closely with them, but their caseloads are just a lot larger than ours. Our, our advisors have about 80 students each. So it allows us to spend more time with our students, kind of see them more quickly if we need to. And, and we're going to have different kinds of conversations than, than some of the other advisors may have just because of time. You know, we had an advisor last year who I think met with a student for four hours at one point because they just had a lot to talk through. And we have yeah. the ability to do that. And so we're, you know, we tell them we're here to talk about whatever you need to talk about whenever you need to talk about it. Academics is always going to be part of it, but sometimes it's a lot of financial, we talk about a lot about financial aid and financial literacy education with students. It could be roommate issues sometimes, kind of, again, life after college is a common theme too, about kind of thinking, what does that look like? What does that mean? Sometimes it's navigating between life as a college student versus family expectations, you know, life back at home. Um, A lot of our students have families who are very supportive of them being in college, but some don't. Some have families who don't understand why you're here. You don't need college. We didn't get it. And that can be tough. Or they just have maybe less than stable home environments. And so it's helping them to navigate that, connect with resources and connecting with other offices that might also be able to provide resources for them. Our students get tutoring in a unique way. So that's still through tutoring services, but they get essentially uh, a weekly tutoring appointment. So the same tutor, same day, same time, every week. So wow. it consistency and allows them to build a relationship with someone else. So each session start to just jump into the material instead of having to relearn. Well, where were you at? What are you doing? And who are you and how do you learn? So, I mean, they, uh, we'll do other and we, our students get peer, our first year students. I'll have a peer mentor. So someone who's been trained and in our program, for the most part, who can answer those questions that I as a staff member maybe can't. And then we do, we'll do, we do a series of workshops over the course of the year, whether some of them are just community building events, wellness, self-care events, financial literacy, academic skill building, things like that. But a lot of that we feel like it comes in that relationship building we're able to do as a secondary advisor who's with them, regardless of their major, over the course of their time at SLU and helping them navigate the waters. We said we may not have all the answers, but we can hopefully find the person who does. And that way they can just come to that one place and we can do the digging forward yeah. with them. So. One other resource that we have a partnership with is our students can get free psychological testing, nice. the psychological services center on campus, and that was a partnership we were able to establish several years ago. Now at this point, because we found we had students who were coming in who maybe had gone undiagnosed because the, whatever high school they went to, maybe they got unofficial accommodations. It was they were just able to kind of skate by, and then they get to college and it's just a whole different world. And the cost of psychological testing even on a sliding scale fee, is not covered by insurance most of the time and astronomical. Mm-hmm. We were thankfully able to partner with the Psychological Services Center so that our students are actually able to get tested for free. For the students who've gone through it and who've shared afterwards, as they've said, it's just been super helpful. One, just to kind of understand what's going on with their brains or bodies, whatever, but then also to get those accommodations that can then help them be their most successful academically. So, So that's been a wonderful relationship that we've been super grateful to have these
0: years. Well, I I just want to say thank you. This is incredible work that's happening. And I think what's exciting from hearing this today is imagining what all these students go on to do in our world. And that is just dazzling to consider. Oh, yeah. So thank you for the work you all are doing.
1: Thank you for letting me have the opportunity
0: to share with a potentially
1: new and wider audience what we do. Again, it's a reward. For us, I mean, there are definitely frustrating moments and days and times, but yeah, just getting to see the, the students, you know, thrive and strive and, and soar. Yeah, and soar exactly, soar onto to their new heights. Always fantastic.
0: Okay, right. well, once again, thank you for your time, and um, looking forward to seeing you around campus. Yes, thank you. It was uh, great to be here. And for all of you listening, don't forget to follow us on social media at Slew Jesuit Mission on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you know of a colleague who's living the mission out loud, but seems to be hidden in plain sight, give us a heads up so we can highlight the good work being done here in our community. Thank you for joining us. And until next time in this year of hope, let's continue to celebrate together the gift of walking with youth in the creation of a hope-filled future. Because mission matters. You can engage the mission intentionally here at SLU, and you can encounter it randomly. But good luck graduating without ever touching it in some way. God bless everyone.